Hey, it's Kurt, and I got a quick question for you. If you're free on Thursday, April 25th, I would love to hang out with you. We're hosting a meetup in Skokie's Westfield Old Orchard Mall at 6 p.m., and I'd love if you could join us. Paul and I will be there, of course, and we'll be doing a Q&A with Tactical Baby Gear's Beave Brody to ask him your questions live and in person. And my friend Nick DeSabato, author of Value-Based Design, will be there as well to talk to us about conversion rate optimization. It's free. I got you covered, along with our sponsors from Shopify Plus, Gorgeous, and Bold. You only need to do one thing. Register now at ethercycle.com slash meetup. That's ethercycle.com slash meetup. See you then. What if I told you that your store was dumb? All right, let me rephrase that. What if I told you that your store could be a little smarter? I'm talking about Bold's new app, The Brain. In the brief period, it's been live. It's been making a massive amount of money for stores. So The Brain is this app that uses machine learning to make your store smarter. And one of the ways it works today is by displaying recommended products on your store beside any other product. Not just the dumb, these things are in a collection together, but actual recommendations based on purchase data. It's probably already the best recommended products app for Shopify, and they're just getting started. So my favorite feature actually has nothing to do with with that. It's their integration with their other apps, and specifically their product upsell app. So if you have both, it makes your upsell offers smart. So you've got product upsell installed, you install Bold Brain, and now imagine this. Upsell offers just create themselves, but not just automatically get created. They get better than you could ever create them yourself because they're based on this machine learning data. The results from the early adopters are in two, and some stores are seeing more conversions in a month than they used to see in an entire year. Now here they've got a couple other integrations coming down the pipe too. It integrates with Recurring Orders app and the Loyalties app. So you should check it out now. I guarantee that machine learning and e-commerce is going to be huge. And the stores that adopt it now will have the advantage. Bold's Brain app is simply the easiest way to do that. It's free. You can install it right now by going to brain.boldapps.net. That's brain.boldapps.net. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily. And it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. I'm a guy on the L. <laughs> yeah, what kind of psycho just 
listens to music or anything on their phone in public, like on speaker. Psychos. Wait, I, I think people that are so deep in their own universe that they're just like, no, other humans exist. Also, this sounds awesome. It's like it doesn't even sound good. It's like these four little dots on the bottom of my phone. Mmm, bumping the bass. <laughs> it's 2018. It's no longer socially acceptable to. No longer. It never was. No, no. Well, I was gonna. <laughs> I'm going further with it. I think it's no longer socially acceptable to ever have your phone on anything other than vibrate. And if it by accident is not on vibrate, and you have a custom ringtone, you apologize. Yeah, just get out. Like the phone rings and it starts playing like Pitbull, you need to leave, sir. My mom does not have her phone on vibrate. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> My mom does not have her phone on vibrate and also like a psycho isn't constantly carrying her phone with her at all times. Uh, and it's somewhere like might Bless be in, her heart. in another room and she'll get a text and you just hear like bing bong. And it's just like, I got to be at their house and hear the goddamn bing bongs go off the in the next bongs. room. <laughs> if she's getting, if you know, if the family text. Family group chat's blowing up. Did your mom ever get comfortable with Alexa? The Alexa, so they moved. It used to be in the kitchen, and that was when the great my mom Alexa fights would happen. <laughs> Alexa fights. <laughs> uh, now it's in their bathroom upstairs, so I, I'm obviously not in the bathroom with my mom, so I don't see her interacting with Alexa. That's a shame. Yeah, my mom would, my mom could just not handle speaking to Alexa correctly, so... She would want Alexa to stop, and she would just be like, Alexa would be like, blah, blah. And my mom would just go, okay, that's enough, Alexa. <laughs> stop, please. And Alexa would not stop. And I'm just like, I you like need that she to, was polite. She, you need to like issue an order in a succinct fashion, and she never could do it. They would always be like, stop, Alexa. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, don't, that dumb robot. Don't get verbose with Alexa. <laughs> She's not into it. Yeah. Alexa has no feelings. Just yell at her. So, first big housekeeping item for Oh, you can do like day. an introduction or no? You don't need to welcome them. I think they know what they're listening Hello, to. Hello, oh, and God. welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Joining me today is my best friend in the world, Paul Rita, who better start loving these intros. <laughs> all right? I think I I want to get I'm going to get the rest of my knuckle tats done and Paul Rita is eight letters I I could have Paul Rita on here if you play your cards well, right I mean if you could get well are I you think, just did I just see you count your fingers no I'm uh, on one hand you could just get shop and then you could have if I on the other hand in a little Elwood action but I don't know if you want to do that I I guess I put like a crown or well, you could do the logo mm. yeah there's no way I regret that I think you get Harley tattooed across on your knuckles. As in the motorcycle or the man? The man. The CEO of Shopify? The myth, the legend. Harley F. I think that would change our relationship. <laughs> I don't know. You and Harley are buddies. If I was like, uh, hey, look what I did. <laughs> I could see where that might make him uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. So we have established we're on the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm Kurt Elster. You're Paul Rita. And the most important thing that you need to know about our housekeeping item coming up uh, is... We got a venue. We got a meetup. We're uh, well, going we to reschedule the meetup. Well, yeah. So we're going to hopefully attempt... it's not going to be negative twenty this time. We're going to attempt our third meetup. The second one was destroyed by uh, polar vortex. Thanks for that climate change. Um, 
The current meetup is going to be April 25th, 6 p.m., Skokie, Illinois, Westfield Order, Old Orchard. It's still in the bagel, this former wonderful diner uh, that we loved. And this one, we're going wild with it. I got uh, I got an MC, Chase Clymer. My friend Chase Clymer does a bunch of meetups at uh, from Electric Eye Agency. He's going to MC the event for us. That just means people can get more one-on-one time with me because I don't have to run this thing. Uh, Nick D., from Draft, Nick DeSabado, who's been a guest on the show, is going to come talk to us about conversion rate optimization. And we're going to do a panel with Tactical Baby Gears, Beave Brody, and ask him your questions about what it's like to run a seven-figure Shopify Plus store. So if you want to sign up for that, it will cost you absolutely $0. Register at ethercycle.com slash meetup, and I will include that in the show notes. That's meetup or that's housekeeping item one i also just want to i want to toot my own horn we got to publish the say it what say it what toot toot (laughs) that's not where i thought you were going with that (laughs) well i thought you were gonna do i i don't think i've ever literally tooted my own horn you've done that i it sounds like something i'd do uh we got to publish our case study with the the results of our work with hoonigan uh, for Q4, boosted their conversion rate 25%, uh, just about doubled their email subscribers since we've been working together, and we're getting a 9x return on ad spend. And really, that's the conservative number. Like, we were getting, uh, depending on the date range, it was up to a 15x return on ad spend. When you have, like, the really high results, I think they don't look believable. Yeah, we had that problem before. Yeah, where people are like, you made up these numbers. No, I didn't. Well, they look too good. I, I mean, had to damp them down. Slow your roll, buddy. I mean, these Hoonigan numbers are very good, but they're not, like, unbelievably good. We didn't, like, triple their conversion rate. Me- Give me time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, check out Hoonigan.com. That's a, a Shopify Plus store that... That's got to have more content than any other Shopify store in existence. Well, I mean, it's just nuts. They have their own Amazon Prime series. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> they're that's a yeah. They're a content production machine. And third, let's get the rumor mill going. I heard from uh, out of the sandbox that they've got a new theme coming out. Uh, supposedly, they're uh, this summer. That is going to be, you know, I, I had referred to Turbo as like, that's my rapid prototyping tool. They're going to literally make a theme meant for Shopify developers, designers, partners, agencies, whatever, to use as a rapid prototyping tool for exactly that purpose. They're like, it's less opinionated. So I don't know, that could be cool. Today are three topics suggested by listeners, and we do need your topics. So reply to this email, comment in the, the Facebook group, let us know what you want us to talk about. Today's topics are, one, strategy and tactics on improving your conversion rate using a free tool called Hotjar. Two, uh, a a Facebook group member asks, man, how do I start a Facebook group? And we're going to break that one down for you because we've got uh, 2,100 people, 2,200 people in our Facebook group now. It's going well. And number three... Uh, a a very open-ended question for beginners about starting your e-commerce business. I got thoughts about that one. You do? But we'll get to that at the end. Good. Well, I think that's people are here for Paul Rita's hot takes. I'm, so here I'm trying to be nicer now. 
You yelled, no one at, wants you, yelled, that, you yelled at me earlier today. You're like, you're trying to be a nicer person. Yeah, yeah but on the podcast, I don't want that. <laughs> um, okay. So you're stupid. One. You're a bad host. God, you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this better than you. <laughs> Tell us about how to use Hotjar. <laughs> you install it on a store and then look at the clicky maps. Yeah, the clicky maps. <laughs> That's, that's, Red is yeah, good. You basically rounded. That's it. Red is good. Clear is no clickies. That, okay, yeah. Yeah. He got it. <laughs> um, yeah, truthfully, it, it, it just isn't that complicated once you have some direction with it. Like, it's very open-ended at first. Um, but here's the breakdown. So, Hotjar is a, it's a heat mapping and analysis tool. It does a bunch of stuff, but primarily heat mapping is their thing. And what's wonderful about it is the basic plan is free. So the catch is the basic plan like has some limitations. It takes longer to run your heat maps because it does a percentage of your traffic as opposed to a majority of it. It it's free, and if you like it, then you can and you're getting use out of it. You can upgrade to it, but for the most part, we just use the free plan. Uh, but here's the approach it would take. There's two tools in it that will provide you great insight if you have an existing running store. One is just heat maps. So run three heat maps. You do one for your homepage for sure, uh, find, and then figure out, you know, what's your number one product page or your cart page or uh, your number one collection page or a landing page. Pick, uh, you pick three, whatever the top traffic pages are, um, and run a heat map on those. Then go review the heat map, and this is what you want to look for is in a scroll map, how far are people getting down the page? So we start with that. If they're, uh, you know, if you've got like 0% getting to the end of the page, consider that maybe the page is too long or, and then work your way back and figure out, all right, is there a thing on this page that people are leaving? Like, is there a reason for it? Is there cause for concern? And then two, the heat map. All right, here's where the real value is. Figure out what elements are people clicking on? This is what the heat map's going to show you. This is what they click on. Are any of the things they're clicking on stuff that does nothing? Things that they shouldn't be clicking on. And if that's the case, can we make those go somewhere? Can we redesign them? Can we get rid of them? Or look at elements that people should be clicking on, but no one touches. Can we get rid of those? Oftentimes, that's like the best, easiest thing to do. If you could just eliminate some of that stuff. Or you can also use it to figure out like, hey, here's how we should rearrange the homepage. So if you got a ton of crap on your homepage and you're saying, you're looking at it and going, all right, no, people are interacting with this element, but this featured collection, but no one's touching these featured products. Okay, maybe rearrange it or get rid of those featured products. Um, and then if you're curious as to like the individual processes there, they have screen recordings as well, where you can see how like a individual person uses the site. But I don't get too lost in those because it's time consuming and they're individual data points. I got a question. Sure. Isn't the if the scroll map shows that no one gets to the bottom of the page, isn't mm -hmm. that good? So it, because the stores are a funnel, and every store yes. has a thing we want people. Every pretty much every store page has a thing on it that we want people to click. Whether that's get to the product, get to the cart, get to the checkout, get to the thank you for giving us your credit card page, whatever. So if no one gets to the bottom and obviously the call to, calls to action are way before the bottom, then the stuff worked. No one yes. got to the bottom. Bottom is failure to me. Okay, you did pick up on this. Um, 
the the issue here is it's so contextual. So tip it like the baseline I'm looking for is I want to see 25% of people got on a homepage got to the bottom. If I don't see 25%, if way more than that got to the bottom, that may indicate no issue or it may indicate that they're not finding what they're looking for. That's a problem. And it's like I should have just led with the heat map. Where'd you get 25%? You just pull that out of your ass? Yeah, that's just a benchmark. <laughs> all, all, any guideline printed on the internet, someone pulled out of their ass. All right, you're, you're right there. So yeah, I'm looking for roughly 25%. If it's way less than that, then I start to suspect, is this page longer than it needs to be? And, or, you know, is there, are they just, you know, hey, they're finding the thing on the page that they needed to get to, in which case, do I need what... Can I identify what that element is, and every is everything after it necessary, or is it just bloating load time? Yeah, that's true. I mean, you get the you get the you could see the clicks are decreasing as they get farther down the page. I'm assuming, yeah. and so I mean, you could see there's a point where the clicks just stop. So you're sort of like everything after that point is unnecessary. Yes, and that's where I, like that's why I I use that 25 percent benchmark. And it, you know, sometimes it'd be like, all right, true. It, normally, usually, it's about like fifteen percent on a, a typical Shopify store. We'll get to the the footer. If I'm getting zero percent, it just means like, all right, the the page is too is longer than it needs to be. Well, and then the all these sites have footer navigations, and any clicks you see in the footer navigation to me would show what they are looking for. If they click on something when they get to the footer nav. They see what they were looking for in the footer nav. Therefore, can we maybe get that onto the homepage somewhere and break that uh, search before they get to the bottom? That's a good. I I like where you're going with that. I guess it's so dependent on how the footer's set up. But typically, what I'll see is in the footer, they know to go straight to pol- if they're looking for policies like uh, shipping policy, return policy, order info, track my order. They usually know to go, most people know to go straight to the footer to find that stuff. Yeah, because every site has that there. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, okay, let's, hey, like, all merchants, let's stop putting the stuff in the header. It's just eating up space when people know they could find it in the footer. Good questions. Yeah, but yeah, and that, so that's scroll maps. And heat maps, I just agree with you 100% that... They're way more straightforward to analyze. Because, well, it's just like, you should just be a ruthless, ruthless editor with the things on your pages. Like cut it down to the bare minimum. If it doesn't if the if people aren't inter- interacting with it on the on the heat maps, if it's not furthering the goal of purchase in some way, just get rid of it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, like the only caveat there is if you have a section that's all text well, that yeah, people are reading like, you know. But there's a third map that only works on desktop called eyeball tracking. <laughs> I wish we had eye tracking. There's the move map, which is where the mouse moves, and the theory is that mouse movement and eye movement is correlated. Well, yeah, people. So you can yeah. do that a little bit. Yeah, I kind of. I'll, I'll throw my mouse cursor kind of over the section that I'm reading. Right. It's so just if, like your brain is naturally doing yeah. that. So if I have a section that's like all text and it doesn't have any clicks, then I'll think I'll go. All right, let's check the move map. And then see, oh, okay, there is a bunch of activity in there, so we should keep this. But as a, if you're going wondering, like, does anyone read this? That's actually how you could figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to, like, 
you want that further data point, you could check the screen recordings and see, like, okay, were they scrolling and then just stop on this section? But turns out, like, I don't like to get too deep in the weeds with screen recordings because it's just too... It's anecdotal. You're watching one session with no context. Like, you don't know if the doorbell rang or, like, their dog is mauling them. You have no idea what's going on. <laughs> now, does the deluxe plan have, like, you got to wear that mask like you're the you're being the Incredible Hulk so they can do the face tracking? And then you can see where they're looking on the screen? What does it have to do with the Incredible Hulk? Well, because, you know, Mark Ruffalo is the Hulk. Yeah, huh? So when he's acting as the Hulk... Oh, you're talking motion capture. Well, they're, they're like mo-capping his face. Okay. Because the, there's like a rig you wear. See, I would have gone with an Andy Serkis reference oh, there. Oh, God. Or Josh Brolin as he's being Thanos. Avengers Endgame opens in six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen the Avengers movies, and I, I think that breaks my nine-year-old's heart. It's truly the only movies I care about now seeing in the theater. Every other movie, I'm just like, I don't want to deal with this bullshit of like other people being around me. Whereas, like, the Marvel movies, I'm like, yeah, I got to go see it in the theater. I know the problem is, yeah, like, the difference between the theater and at home now is so slight. And I don't have to deal with, like, the guy who's scrolling through Instagram with his brightness set to 100%. Yeah. Oh, that drives me nuts. It's like, I can, yeah, the being a polite adult watching a movie at home blows at the theater out of the water. Yeah. Plus, popcorn at my house is 50 cents. My wife makes me pay for popcorn. <laughs> Uh, all right, hold back on track. That's a rabbit hole. We went down. All right, last part of uh, hot jar. And this is the coolest thing. And if you use only one part of hot jar, let it be this: is exit intent poles. So you can have it. Uh, you can have a little pole in the corner of the site. But the magic is to have it fire on exit intent. So this only works on desktop. Um, but you'll get a lot of good data, and you only have to ask one question. And that question, I've talked about this before, is. If you didn't make a purchase today, what stopped you? And then, boom, they're going to tell you what their issue was. They're like, you know, too expensive. So you encounter that a lot. All right, well, try Sezzle. Try Affirm. Um, add financing to the site. Or try uh, a discounting strategy. Or usually it'll be like, you know, I, I wasn't sure about sizing. Okay, let's make the size guide really, really obvious. Or add, like, some reference point to it. Um, that sort of stuff. Having that those open-ended questions and that customer insight, if people will answer it, um, it depends on the audience, can be really helpful. If you want to take it a step, if you love that idea, you could. I would limit those to just the product page because then you could run different ones. Like you can run one on your blog that just goes, hey, uh, what do you want us to write about next? Did you find what you're looking for? What do you want us to write about next? And they'll, you'll just have a running list of these are topics people are asking about. As a cranky antisocial person, it boggles my mind that anyone replies to those. It's not everybody. Oh, I mean, I know like the re response rate is probably abysmal, but you're like, still for getting someone who you're doesn't want to do it. They just close it. You're still getting responses though, which getting one response shocks me. Do you, you're antisocial, but don't you want your voice heard? No, because I any response that's not like here's why the government put a chip in my brain on my <laughs> like those people will obviously reply, but otherwise, no. Uh, and it depends if you're like in a freelancing space, that's the only time I've seen truly crazy responses. Oh, uh, my friend works in the mass media. He is a radio host. Oh, yes. And I, the, very nice man. The email forwards that he gets from people just by being a member of the media and can get the word out about what's really going down blows anything you may have seen out of the water. 
That poor man. He doesn't deserve any of that. Uh, so anyway, Hotjar, I've never talked to them. I've even emailed them to ask them to put somebody on the podcast. They completely ignored me. I didn't even get acknowledged, Stone Cold. Shame yet, them. I still love Hotjar. So <laughs> we love it more if they'd send us a guest. <laughs> yes, please get me a hot jar guest. Um, if somebody wants to make an intro, great. But yeah, uh, I love hot jar. There's it's free, valuable, valuable tool. There's what the way you think people use your website and the way they actually use it. Hot jar is the way to find out. Moving forward, next up, a Mr. Jeff Vogel of Classic Car Stereos. There's a niche. He sells stereos for classic cars, right? That's great. At Austin Browner's Profit Summit, they recommended starting a Facebook group. I know you have one, and I was wondering if you had any advice with regards to starting out and or things you wish someone would have told you before you did it. Jeff, we have thoughts on this topic. Paul, you want to you well, take this one? I have one thought. I have only one thing to add and only one thought, and everything else will be riffing off of you. But you need to be, if you start a Facebook group or you moderate a comment section or you're a moderator of anything, the literal most important thing you can do to prevent your community from turning to shit and being worthwhile, gatekeep it until the to the ends of the earth. You are the doorman at Studio 54, and it's 1977, and only people you allow in get to come in. If anyone leaves a bad comment or does a bad thing, that thing gets immediately deleted, and if they do bad things, you kick them out. You need to be ruthless in who gets to be in there and who gets to speak because otherwise it just degrades. And yeah, you want, essentially you want to create a safe space. Yeah. That sounds corny, but that's, you need to just accept that you need it to be a safe space so that people are willing to ask questions. Well, a safe space for the people that want to talk about your topic. Yes. And don't want to talk about other things. Yes. Yeah. It needs to stay on topic. Yeah. Even though we just, we're talking about Avengers. No, shut up. <laughs> this is an entertainment show. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Stay on topic. No negativity. Like I had, I posted, someone just said, hey, you know, uh, with Shopify Plus, what are the benefits to it? I don't know. And I have, you know, I, I posted a thing that's like, okay, here's the nine things, the nine plus exclusive features I like. A guy took the time to reply to that point by point. He's like, number one, that's stupid. I don't need that. Number two, it just like clearly spent several minutes at least breaking down why each of the exclusive features was dumb or stupid you better believe i just deleted and blocked that guy immediately mm -hmm. like wh how did that help anything yeah and that's pretty much the main thing i mean to me that's the most important aspect obviously uh my complaint only comes into play once you actually have the facebook group and you get it all set up which we'll also talk about, but to me, that's the most important aspect of it. So setting up, it turns out, setting up the, the Facebook group itself is easy, like way easier than setting up a Facebook page. Those things have gotten so complicated. Um, but basically, it's like you, you name the group, you pick a handle, uh, you do your cover art, and that's okay. That's tip number one. You want to have some bright, attractive cover art. So that it appears, uh, when you see that, like in the sidebar, it gets people's attention, and you want it to look professional. You know, if I see some like janky brown uh, cover art that's like join this group, I'm not going to do it. Um, so I think you know, having some some decent, brightly colored cover art certainly helps to attract people organically. 
to do the to have you know a, a a closed you have to have a closed group meaning people request to join um and that's how you maintain the gatekeeping aspect of it yeah like you could try doing an open group but it's just anybody can it's come just and be go drive by nut jobs all day and yeah you're just you're gonna get spammed to death yeah you're just gonna be chasing down spam posts on that topic, even with a closed group, you still want to pre-approve posts. Yeah, we deleted and blocked a guy just before we started recording. Yeah, because we what did he do? He uh, he he wrote like a blog. He clearly runs like a consulting firm with like a blog and was just like, "Well, here are the 10 best Shopify apps." And it's like, you know, content he wrote for his company to get more uh lead gen traffic. And it, it literally the, his entire post was like, some of you may have heard of an e-commerce shop called Shopify. They are headquartered in Ottawa and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, this is the the entire group of <laughs> Shopify store owners. Yeah. We know. Like, clearly he's that mass was just posting, spam. He's, yeah. yeah, he's mass posting it everywhere. So, yeah, you get spam or mass posting or people are misguided and, like, they have an affiliate link, so they try to post it. Yeah. Um. So even if it's a closed group, you'll also want to uh, demand pre-approval on posts so that you review them. And sometimes it's not just about spam or garbage. It's to keep, again, it's to keep things on topic. So just the rule of thumb we use is, does this provide value to 10 people? Yeah. And that's it. And if it does, all right, I'll prove it. And it could be like a basic question, an advanced question. Here's a cool thing I saw. They're like, I'll approve like nine out of 10 posts. But then you get the ones that's like, this is word salad, or clearly this is like affiliate spam. Also, if you're running a private group, people have to fill out, like an application, you can make it so people have to fill out kind of like an application to get in, maybe like one or two questions. It's questions, yeah. Yeah, and you can ask them for their email address, and they will give them to you. And now it's like, ho, 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 now I have your email, and you can get at them outside of Facebook. Yes, so the catch, um, I wish I'd done this, I don't know why it took me so long to figure this out. I saw another Facebook group doing it. Um, And the way, in our group, it's three questions. The first is, do you, What's your Shopify store? It used to be, do you have a Shopify store? They write, yes. Now, <laughs> and like, they're just spammers. So we said, all right, uh, what's the link to your Shopify store? And it's an open-ended question. So like people can write, you know, I don't have one yet or I'm considering it. I'll just approve those. I don't care. Yeah. And the second question is literally this. Oh, shit. I forgot what it was. <laughs> it pretty much asked like, will you spam our group with some, with spam? It was, yeah. Will you post like promotional spam affiliate links? And then it in- even includes the right, it says, just say no. That's it. It says, yeah, it says the correct answer is no. And people still write yes. <laughs> <laughs> or they won't answer it. In which case, if you won't answer that, you were not approving it. Yeah. If you can't take the five seconds to type in your domain name to write like acme.com and then the word no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And then the third one is we just say, if you'd like to join our email list, include your email below. That's it. And a majority. Yeah, we don't require it, but yeah. 90% of the time they give it to us. Yeah, majority of people put their email in. And then what's nice about that is I go, um, I batch paste them into Drip. Now, here's a catch. You need to copy them out. As soon as you click approve, you can't get the answers. Yeah, I, I learned that the hard way. Well, I was, so did I. I First was a... I learned it, then you learned it. <laughs> Um, and what's cl- cool in our, with the, the email automation I do is when I batch add those, I tag them, uh, FB group, which tells a gives me the source to where they came from. And I could see like, that's a huge percent. Now I could segment those and, uh, it automatically fires off a one-off email. That's like, Hey, welcome to the group. And like, there's some rules, but the only one you need to worry about is don't be a dingus. And uh, like, that's literally 
the email that goes out says don't be a dingus. Well, and, and now I'm looking at our show notes that you typed up before we started, and you pretty much put it exactly perfectly here in the show notes. Ruthlessly bring the ban hammer on anyone who is even remotely a shit ass in the group. <laughs> no one wants to post in a group that has that one snarky guy that shits on everything. I ban people for two reasons, spamming and being a total dong. Life is too short for that nonsense. Why so, did we talk this whole time when I could have just read that? So when <laughs> you know, I've I've said before, if people write me a thoughtful question, I'll write a thoughtful answer. Well, this Jeff Vogel, I thought this was a thoughtful question, and I replied to him with literally that. Yeah, and yeah, that's where I got that note. And yeah, from. and let's also note, yeah, let's note the flip side of the coin. If you, we will give thoughtful questions, thoughtful answers, and. Shit-ass questions by shit-asses will be immediately kicked out and never spoken to ever again. You need to be kind and over-the-top kind to people that are kind to you. And people that add nothing, cut them out. Yeah, firm boundaries. No quarter. And you know the advantage to live? I lived my entire life this way for several years now. I was talking, uh, my wife and I were talking on the couch. We have no drama in our lives no. at the moment. Literally none. My stress level is zero. <laughs> I could pass out at any moment from boredom. <laughs> and that's fine. That's perfect. It's the way I want it. Uh, how long are we doing that group? Oh, I've, I've got the uh, August 2016, uh, but I don't think we started actively promoting until August 2017. We're at uh, 2,200 members now with people joining daily. So it's a, really, um, it's a really nice way to run, to build a community. Like you're not running a forum on your site, none of that nonsense. Facebook group. Facebook groups make it so easy to do it. Um, but recapping, like, make it a closed group, pre-approve, ruthlessly ban people for being shit asses. Get some nice some nice cover art. Well, the other part is, like, how do you promote the group? So in our case, um, part of our email welcome series, just when you join the email list, like, email three is, hey, I'm looking for Shopify merchants who want to join a group of like-minded individuals. If that's you, here's the link. And, and one other thing is that, um, you know, if you're – if you're in such a good, if you're in a good, good enough spot that people are like act, actively asking you questions about stuff, whether it be your business, your products, or whatever it is, and you have that group, you can, if they're asking you those questions privately, you shift them over to the group. Tell them to be like, hey, you know what? I'd be happy to tell you that. Could you post that question in the Facebook group and I can answer it for you there? Because, you know, uh, if you just answer them privately, yeah, you're helping them. But if you answer it in the group, you're helping everyone. There's like, a finite number of keystrokes left in your hands before you die. <laughs> and you can multiply those keystrokes by working in public in that manner. Yeah. So I think that's an important point. Um, as a, an, so this is like we've – we're doing this – we're talking using uh, our Facebook group as an example. And obviously we're not Shopify merchants. But Andy Bedell from Keysmart did this. And the way he set it up was you – like if you hit a certain threshold, you become a KeySmart VIP, and then you get an invitation to the KeySmart VIP group on Facebook. It's a private group, closed group, and then once you're in there, he does like you get early product releases, you get input on products. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's pretty cool. So that's a like if you have a large enough scale, that that can work well. But even like you don't need a ton of people, like just uh, two hundred people, and you have a community going. Hold up. We'll hear more after this quick break. Support for this podcast comes from Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your Shopify store. It works with your existing email and chat tools, so setup is quick and easy. Simpler provides on-demand, US-based customer service specialists to answer your customers' most common questions. 
close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat with 24-7 Simpler specialists. Find out more at Simpler.ai. That's S-I-M-P-L-R AI. And now back to the show. Hit me. On that topic of making large sums of money in the, the six-figure range, someone had emailed and asked uh, the following. They said, I'm about to start my e-commerce business, and I'd like to hear your tips on what to think about when starting an e-commerce business. Basic stuff like deciding what product to sell. What should I use as a benchmark when it comes to margins? What do you guys think of drop shipping? How would you go about finding a supplier with good quality? How much inventory should I start off with? What are the things to think about when it comes to buying the first batches? I want to try to do this without having to invest too much money, as I know many people want to do. What areas should I maybe think about investing already from the beginning, although it might cost a bit? So I think the, that question of, you know, I, I don't want to spend a ton of money, but let's rephrase that as, I want to reduce risk. Like, it's not, if I gave you, like, a sure thing, you'd be willing to invest more. This is about, I don't know if I'm going to make any money on this, so let's not blow all of our savings on, you know, a pallet of shoes from China, right? But I think, all right, so working backwards... The, the first question there is, and this is a common one for people who are like really just starting out, is what do I sell? I got an idea. All right. I'm offering this free to people. Whoa. They're going to make millions of dollars. Okay. Guaranteed? Guaranteed. Mm. CBD oil t-shirts. <laughs> print, we're going to do print on demand. Print on demand CBD oil t-shirts. I don't know if there's CBD oil in the t-shirts or they're just about how much you love CBD oil. But I think sky's the limit. It's untouched ground. It's undiscovered country. So the joke here is... <laughs> the like, joke here is that every goddamn store is either selling CBD oil or T-shirts. It's well, the first store that people make. Yeah, well, T-shirts are a really attractive store to start with. So he's saying, like, you know, what do I... Some of the, the early questions here are like, what do I sell? Who do I sell it to? Um, so we're, we're poking fun at it, but we've worked with not one, but several people... With seven-figure T-shirt no, businesses, no, you can make a ton of money on T. On it's tough. It's tough. It's winning the lottery. Yes, but so what's nice with uh, T-shirts is it's also a passive business in that there are more than one print-on-demand services. Um, Printful's the big one. Uh, I like Guten a lot. I know uh, my wife uses Guten. It's very cool. Um, so you don't have to carry in any inventory. So if you're saying, "Man, I really, I like, I don't want to spend a ton of money. I want to reduce the risk." don't start with buying a bunch of product that you have to ship and not only ship, you have to store it. There's that's where all that risk is coming in. Like in January, we talked about those people, those, you know, those poor, poor people who uh, spent like their 40 grand life savings on buying a pallet of goods from China and then couldn't get rid of it on Amazon. Maybe you don't have to start with selling something. So I would look at uh, info products. You could sell all, I've seen people sell like, the craziest stuff you come up with as digital products, like the guide to X, a video course on Y, um, you know, digital brushes for Photoshop, I, uh, presets for Lightroom. I see that a lot. Oh yeah, I was I was googling. Uh, I've been recently obsessed with this four year old PC game called Bounty Train. That Bounty Train. Bounty Train. Okay. That's like you run a train company and there's like missions and it's the civil war, but it's got like a whole trading sim inside where you're like buying stuff in one city and transporting it to another. And it's like kind of poorly made. It's like a, I give it like a C plus in terms of fit and finish, but I've been really into it and I've enjoyed it. 
And it never was that big. And like the company clearly abandoned it. But I was Googling, trying to figure out how to do some stuff. And someone had made a bounty train guide and was like selling it for like five bucks. And I think that there you go. That entire site was like random ass guides for various games that a guy had written. Well, yeah, I. And I mean, the bigger games, like if you're talking, you know, Red Dead Redemption or like Grand Theft Auto, like the big name gaming sites are going to be writing those and putting them up ad supported. But for something more niche and smaller like that, you know, the giant sites aren't spending the time to do that work. So it's kind of, I kind of thought that was interesting that a guy's like, yeah, I did this. It, you know, cost him nothing. Now every one he sells, I didn't buy it though. If you are, you got to look for where your unfair advantages are. So if there's something that you know a ton about that's like niche, but you're passionate about it, that passion will fuel you. And so if it's something like, here's the strategy guide to this four-year-old goofball PC game, and you are really into that, you could make that and sell that. Yeah. It, it will be readily easy to do. Yeah. Digital products, info products, that's that's near and dear to my heart because the value there is is somewhat arbitrary. Well, because the margin... Well, the margin's 99%. The, mar- the, the, margin, the uh, marginal cost on each new copy you sell is zero. That's why... Uh, that's why Microsoft made all their money, people. They only had to write the operating system and, the, and Word in Office once and then sold millions of copies of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we sold uh, e-commerce boot camp. Uh, that's still selling. That's cool. A video series, e-commerce hacks weekly. That did not do well at all. No. Um, but the people who bought it were really into it. But that just didn't go anywhere. Um, but those things, like, you have the tools to make those things. Like, a PDF guide... You just make that. You want to fancy it up, you go on um, Graphic River and you get templates for it. My wife sells uh, an ebook. She's got uh, worksheets she sells. And those are all in Shopify. There's a free app um, called Digital Downloads by Shopify. It works perfectly. That's we switched e-commerce bootcamp from Gumroad to that. It delivers with digital downloads with zero issues. It's great. Um, so I would look at, like, for a first business, don't – I would consider avoiding – stocking products if you're doing reselling reselling is so competitive and difficult if you want to like you've got some brilliant idea like a kickstarter type thing um where you want to manufacture your own stuff all right that brings its own set of challenges but at least you have like a unique thing to sell i almost say don't do that it's because god knows the number of kickstarters where people are like i only need three hundred thousand dollars and then they end up getting like nine hundred thousand dollars and they still can't produce it because, like, they didn't take into account, you know, manufacturing de- delays or how much things actually would cost to manufacture. That scares me. Yes. I'm scared of change. <laughs> you know, I don't know that I would get into, even now, I don't know that I would get into to manufacturing something. Yeah. It's funny because, like, um, you know, weeks ago in that episode, we were just like, don't rely on drop shivers. Don't do that. Like, that's a terrible idea. And now we're both kind of like, I don't want to manufacture anything. That's crazy. Like well, the drop shippers are better. <laughs> it, it, you have to. It underst- depends on your background. It depends on your background, and you have to understand. You have to understand pricing and margins, and I think people don't understand that. Well, so it, uh, certainly I'm not an expert on it, but it, it's an unavoidable topic in this industry. Um, and he'd asked about margins. If so, here's the system: is you want um, if you're manufacturing it yourself. You want to be able to sell it for 4x cost of goods sold 
because that's going to give you a healthy margin. It's also going to let you sell um, wholesale at 2x cost of goods sold and still keep the wholesale folks happy. Um, but ideal, you know, really you want as big a margin as you can get. If it's a luxury good, then that changes things. At a luxury good, it should be 10x cost of goods sold. Um, so that that's a tough one. Just make sure you have a healthy margin in there. And that's assuming you're like you're doing the manufacturing. Yeah. So to break that down, you taught me about this years ago, and I didn't understand it. I didn't. I didn't realize it at the time, and it blew my mind. Um, so say you produce something, and your whatever your widget is, it costs you a hundred dollars to make the widget. You then sell that widget to like Macy's or whatever for two hundred dollars. So Macy's can then sell it for four hundred dollars. And then you on your own side also and sell then you, it for $400. That means that you on your own can also sell it for $400. So that's why Macy's can have these giant markdowns where it's like markdown, 50% off or whatever. So if like if Macy's Macy's is selling it for $250, they are still making money on the deal because they only bought it from you for $200. Um, so then uh, he'd also ask, like, what do you guys think of drop shipping? Is it a smart way to go? I think drop shipping, uh, there's a ton of misinformation out there. It's hyper competitive because it's so easy to get into drop shipping. Like using Oberlo, it, you get literally, I don't know if you've seen this thing. Um, you have a Chrome extension. You go on AliExpress. You just go, I like this product. And then in the Chrome extension, click add to my store. And it sets up, it imports the entire thing and sets up the fulfillment. So that when someone buys it, boom, just sends it to Ali. It ships it ePacket. Isn't that nuts? That's nuts. But it's so easy that anyone can do this. So, with our clients, I don't see this, but doing app support, I'll see these stores that are just, it's just like Fred's amazing, super cool stuff store. And it's just like hundreds of products that are clearly just stuff the guy liked from AliExpress. And I'm never in a position there to go, hey, this probably is not a, like, yeah, this, like I, it's not appropriate the, in that setting. It's not going to work because it's the same crap that everyone else is also selling. And because it's the same crap that everyone else is also selling, you're... You can't sell it for significantly more and make more money because it's just the same crap. So, like, there's no differentiation among amongst your brand as a whole. Where I view dropshipping as working is uh, as a tool. If you want to say, hey, you know, if I've got an existing store and you're like, man, I want to add this like category to the store, but I don't want to, you know, spend fifty grand on product. Well, you could use dropshipping to add those products, see if they sell, and validate the idea. So I think dropshipping is a wonderful tool for an existing store to add, um, to like pad out their catalog or to test ideas. Um, or if you just want to, te- you know, you've got, you have an audience and you're trying to figure out product market fit. Again, same concept. So I think it's a really powerful tool that way. Um, but yeah, finding, like finding a reliable supplier can be tough. Um, certainly I've heard, not a, a ton, but a few horror stories where it's like, I found this thing, I got it selling, they scaled it, and then the supplier just disappeared as they were already, like, had orders to fulfill. Um, so, like, there's inherent, even though, okay, yeah, we didn't put up the money for the inventory with dropshipping, there's still a new risk in that they could disappear. Well, and isn't, is the dropshipping, is when you order it in the shipping, is the shipping coming from China? Like, are people waiting two well, weeks for this? Well, it depends who your supplier is. Uh-huh. In the case of, um, like, in the Oberlo example with AliExpress, probably. Yeah, so it's like, I bought this thing, and now at the at the last moment, we're going to be like, oh, FYI, you're not going to get it for two weeks. Which, like, shopping on the internet today, it's like, what the hell? 
Like, yeah, hell so you, no. Yeah, you better be giving them a discount on price for that yeah. um, or warrant it in some way setting that expectation up front. ePacket helps, but with the trade dispute, there was talk of like ePacket going away. Yeah, I don't know where that's going. Um, but we have a few clients who do, who are drop shipping only, have reliable drop shippers, and make money at it. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's tough and you have to build those relationships. The problem is like the really good drop ship or the, the really good brands that will do drop shipping and are reliable often have this requirement. They, they're really good. They know they're in demand. So they'll say, you need to have a retail space before we'll even consider you. So like, send us a photo of it, send us your yellow pages listing. It seems arcane, but it's to make it Make sure they're not just, you know, dealing with nothing but fly-by-night people uh, spinning up Shopify stores. Yeah. I get the question is, you know, what do you think of dropshipping is a smart way to go? Like all things, the answer is it depends. And, you know, we're – I want to couch this by saying, like, we're coming at this from the angle of you're new to it. Let's defang this whole thing so that you don't lose a ton of money. Um, but, I like, I think all of our suggestions, if someone is new to e-commerce, it's a great way to get your feet wet, get into it get some experience, and then use that to inform, okay, now I'm ready, I'm comfortable, I'm confident, and I can spend the money on, I'm going to manufacture my own thing or buy my own product. Uh, and then he said, you know, how much inventory should one start off with? I think you would make that a function of your existing audience. If you have no audience, don't go buy a pallet of stuff. If you've got 100 people on your email list and you think your conversion rate's 1%, you may stock one item. Well, and it's also... Like, I, I would, that's how I would treat inventory, though, is like... What's the size of your email list? What's the size of your audience? You know your conversion rate. Oh, it's actually not that hard to forecast that. Well, and it also depends on the um, uh, the price of your product. I mean, if you yes. the, the, the price to you of your product. I mean, if you have a very cheap product, you could obviously stock a lot of it. And if you end up having to eat it, it's not that big a deal. But if it's very expensive well, and, and you end up having also, to eat it, you're screwed. There's the question of do you have an escape hatch? In some cases, even if I get stuck with a pallet of stuff... If I know that it sells on eBay, okay, I can still get rid of it on eBay. So, like, there's less risk there. You know, yeah. If you're, like, stocking up your bounty train and you're trying to, like, <laughs> go across the Confederate lines with a bunch uh-huh. of jewelry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the jewelry, I mean, the capital cost you outlaid to fill your entire bounty train with jewelry. That was a lot of money. So, you got to hope that the jewelry rate in Atlanta uh, is, you know, really high. That you could sell it for a nice profit. Going back to the, the core question started with, I'm about to start my e-commerce business and I want tips on what to think about when starting an e-commerce business. Tip one is think about your audience. Day one, you should be, the first thing you should be doing is, how am I going to build my email list? What is my lead magnet? Why are people going to sign up for my email list? How am I going to get this in front of people? Because that's, you need the audience first. The email list is the value. Once you figure out the audience, okay, now you know what they look like. You know what, uh, and you can talk to them, that uh, is going to make your life much easier versus, hey, I like shoes, so I bought some shoes, and I'm going to sell shoes. Does anyone want to buy some shoes? Like, it, well, it's the, very difficult to go the other way around. And it's the other thing where two two things I see that bother me is, one, people that are like, well, I haven't figured out what I'm selling yet. I want to sell something that makes money. And it's like, that's not a good reason. Like, you don't care enough about the product to be good at it. If you all you care about is making money, like certainly there are people who can succeed that way. There are. I think they're probably psychopaths. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, I'm like, I think for most people, if you're not, 
It's like you know, it's, it's like doing thing. homework or reading a book. If you're not excited about reading that book, you're not going to do it. The same is with your business. There's so much hustle and grind in the beginning, in the first probably like 12 to 24 months, that if you aren't really passionate about it, it's going to suck. Yeah, you're going to get really tired of it. Yeah. So it's like it's got to be something you're already really into. That like it, the what product should I sell should really kind of like be right on the top of your head. Like you should know what it is right away. The thing you know the most about and are into the most. I get like I would say look for your unfair advantages. So it's like all right, do you have is there some connection to something that you have or some knowledge? Yeah, like a per, yeah, like a per, like connection. Also like industry connection. Yes, like that what you can, like get a hook up from someone. Yeah, yeah. That's one is who's in your network. Can I leverage anything there? And that could be for audience or product. And then uh, can I leverage, um, do I have like my own passions that I know a ton about something so I could get into that? Like for me, I go, all right, well, what am I really into? Well, I, uh, car stuff. Okay. That, that gives me a category to start looking at or uh, drones. That gives me a category or photography. Like those are all areas where I go, all right, I could make, you know, I understand this well enough in the audience well enough that I could make um, uh, like a swag store of shirts and stickers for people about this stuff. Yeah, niche down, Kurt, Jaguars. Yeah. <laughs> Not just cars, niche down. Well, no, I'm really into manual cars, so I could make a store called Save the Manuals, and it's it's a store just pre- uh, that acts like manual cars are an endangered species and everything's around that theme. And so we sell stickers for and then the pro, we're gonna pri- the, we'll call the prices a donation. Um, well, actually, that might get me in trouble since it's not a charity. <laughs> um, and then we'll put it together as a charity. <laughs> yeah. So no, we'll sell like stickers and shirts that say "Save the Manuals," and then we'll see how far we can get with that, and then start asking people like, "What else do you want to see?" Hmm. That's my idea. Nobody steal it. <laughs> and the other thing is, is what differentiate differentiates your product from its competitors? Yes. Like there's got to be like a real thing because a lot of people I see, you know, we ask that question and I see other people asking that question and the people reply with, they're sort of like, well, we're different or better because we put in a lot of love and care (laughs) and like we care about this so much. It's like, guess what? Everyone cares about their business. You're not special. Yeah. Like if you're. That's good. I'm glad you care. I'm glad you care. But it's like if the thing that makes you better is I really care about this. It's just like it doesn't make you better. Yeah. (laughs) Like everybody cares. If they didn't, they're going to go out of business. (laughs) You're right. So the the one thing we didn't talk about was considering your competitive advantage, your unique selling proposition, your differentiator. What makes you special? Um and that's where, like, drop shipping and reselling, it gets really hard because you can't differentiate on the product. Um, so I think the solution there is you really have to focus on, I have the most amazing e-commerce experience. Well, if you're just starting out, like, it's not realistic to go, I'm going to build the best e-commerce store ever. You don't have the experience. It could be hard. Um, the uh, So we work with a store that sell really does a tremendous job selling um, fine linens and like premium luxury tableware, but there is not one original product in that store. And it has has been going on for the longest time, has outlasted everybody. And the reason is it's better organized, explained, cleaner than everybody else. Oh, yeah. her col- her The number of collections she has and how she splits the collections out is bonkers. So if you're going to do re- like a reselling superstore, you can't just throw it up. That's going to be the hardest thing to do. 
where you really need to dial in and organize that thing. Yeah, the, the her competitive advantage is she makes it easier for her customers to find the exact specific product that they want, which in a in a incredibly crowded space. Yep. Well, here's another idea. The other this is I've been thinking a lot about this. There, you could grind your way to success, last man standing style. So look at like video stores. Blockbuster's gone. Hollywood Video's gone. Family Video's still around. People are still going in there. Why? They just had the lowest expenses. They managed to outlast everybody. And if you're the last one, you win. Even They were never the best video store by a long shot. Well, I think they lucked out in that they also focused on like rural markets where high-speed broadband penetration is far lower. You're so wrecking my metaphor. Much. Uh, sorry, I'm going to have to wreck your metaphor, metaphor with facts. But they've got, you know, like Redbox uh, they compete against. Yeah. Anyway, the my point is that like a lot of people uh, will burn out or disappear for various reasons. And if you just keep showing up, you can often outlast them. So if you're really just like, I'm, gonna, I'm in a niche, there's not a ton, like a laser-focused niche. There's, I don't have a great competitive advantage, but I'm just going to show up and do the work. If you could grind that out for two years, that may be enough. If nobody's making money in this niche, why are you staying in it? The other people are making money, but they're going to burn out. <laughs> so we we reached the end of Kurt's magical thinking hour? Yeah, there's no more good thoughts coming out of my brain. <laughs> so, final thing. Let us know your, your questions for future shows. Uh, reply to my email or put it on. Um, put it in a comment in the Facebook group. I have... Uh, two favors to ask you. I would love to meet you at our meetup if you're in Chicago land. Uh, sign up, ethercycle.com slash meetup. And lastly, when I look, last looked at our iTunes reviews for the show, we're at 98. No, we I need want 100. Those, I know. I want those triple digits so bad. So you could be one of those two people. Please go uh, on your phone, swipe up on the show notes, go review the show. You just have to click the five stars yeah, to remember, submit a rating. You got to give us five stars because in this modern world, anything less than five stars is a giant failure. Yes. Yeah. I will. I will weep silently. We're on the fifth floor. If he jumps out the window, he's not going to make it. Oh no. These windows don't open. <laughs> I wish they did. I'd like a breeze. <laughs> All right. That's, that's it. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. One final note before we go. I wanted to remind you about the one Shopify theme my agency has used more than any other. It's called Turbo by Out of the Sandbox. And as its name implies, it's built for speed. But that's not why I love it. I love it because it's the most configurable, feature-packed theme for Shopify today. Features like predictive search, easy mega menus, infinite scrolling collections, and a ton of page templates. Calling it a theme doesn't do it justice. I think of it as a rapid prototyping tool for Shopify stores. And I've got a special offer for you. You can get it today at a 20% discount when you use the code PODCAST20. You can even try it for up to two weeks. And if you don't love it, Out of the Sandbox will give you a full refund. To check it out now, go to ethercycle.com turbo and use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's ethercycle.com turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, the unofficial ShopifyPodcast.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including some details you might have missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. Please support our show by supporting them. 
and thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, and produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.